So I'd like you to consider four issues that really all of us need to know about Israel. The first is this, that Israel is a biblical issue. The land of Israel is not just a historical or political issue, it's a biblical one. You see, we believe that the right for Israel to exist is upon political grounds at one level, but so much more than that. Thinking politically, it's right that every people group should be able to have a land to settle in, especially with a population of Jews, which is now about 15 million people worldwide, despite the Holocaust, in which 7 million people excuse me, six million people were exterminated. And today though, more than seven million people actually live inside the nation of Israel. We also believe that a nation has a right to exist on historical grounds. And it's true that Abraham moved there more than 4,000 years ago. Yes, he, uh, the children of Israel were led into slavery, but Moses returned there more than 1,250 years before Christ. And so there is a historical precedent as well. It's true, there were people groups that lived in the land when Moses returned, such as the Canaanites, but none of those ancient tribes still exist today. Israel is the only people group that still survives. And so historically, they also have a claim to the land. But the principal reason why the Jews should live in Israel is actually a biblical issue. See, God specifically gave them this land. In his divine wisdom, he chose a man, Abraham, and thereby a people group, Israel, and gave them a land into which God's son would be born. Those who respect this, God is blessed, and those who have disrespected this, ultimately God is cursed. The scripture says way back there in Genesis, chapter 12 verse 3 I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you Abraham all the families of the earth shall be blessed and this shows us a divine principle a divine workings behind the nation of Israel you see the Lord always reserves something for himself that we should not touch this is so that mankind learns to be submitted to a greater being for his own sake Scripture says that pride comes before the fall. And when man's ego reigns and he supposes himself wiser and greater than his maker, this leads to his own destruction. We can see this happening with Lucifer as he deemed himself equal or greater to God and therefore was rejected from heaven. In the Garden of Eden, if you remember, the Lord gave man thousands of trees and plants and flowers to eat and to enjoy. He separated just one for himself, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and told man not to eat from it. This was a test of humility for man, to keep him in the place of blessing. Scripture says that God resists the proud, those who think themselves greater than God, but he gives grace to the humble. That's why God put that one tree there, to keep Adam and Eve in a place of humility. And likewise, God has given to the whole earth Oh, excuse me, God has given the whole earth to the Gentile nations. However, he separated just one slither of dry land in the Middle East to himself and to his people Israel. Again, this is a test of humility. All the other nations can enjoy all the other places on earth, but this little bit, he says, don't touch it. That belongs to me and my people. 
And if other nations can respect this, then their own nations will be blessed. If not, they detach themselves from God's blessing. In, if not, they show that they're not humble nations, they're proud nations. They want to be greater than their maker, the giver of all this land and all this abundance. You see, it's God's way of bringing blessing to nations by allowing them to prove their humility by respecting Israel. But he can't reward the proud. He can't reward arrogant nations. In the same way, God brings blessings to those who are faithful with their first fruits, their tithes, which belong to the Lord according to Scripture. And by respecting this principle, extraordinary blessings come their way for people who respect that principle. You see, if you study history, and you won't learn this necessarily at school or at university, but having learned this, I encourage you to go back and study your history books. You'll see that every nation that has come against Israel has ultimately been destroyed. I ask this question, where are the Persians? Where are the Romans? Where are the Greeks? Where are the Ottomans? Where are the Nazis? Where even are the British today? Because they too turn their back on Israel at a critical moment. And therefore, it's our intention as a church and believers, my friends, that we must determine for ourselves to be a blessing to Israel and to support their right to exist and to have their own land. The second point I want to bring to you is that Israel is an exemplive issue. How the Lord has dealt with them shows us how the Lord will deal with us. You see, we can travel to Israel to get a deeper understanding of the scriptures. Visiting the sites is both educational and inspirational. But beyond this, by studying Israel, we can learn about the Lord himself. He is a covenant-keeping God. Their story shows his goodness and his severity. Listen to what the scripture says through the Apostle Paul in Romans. He wrote, For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. That's Romans 11, 21 to 23. Again, this is the scripture in Jeremiah 9 and 21. Even the carcasses of men shall fall as refuse on the open field, like cuttings after the harvester, and no one shall gather them. As painful as it is, we can see that the Holocaust is in some way a result of Israel's failure to keep covenant. Yet the Lord wept over them as David wept over his rebellious son Absalom. Therefore, as a church, we want to learn from Israel. We must understand that individually and corporately, God will deal with us as he dealt with Israel. If we harden our hearts, then he will remove his blessing and his protection. I'm an Englishman, and I understand that. When was the British Empire lost? When we turned against Israel, when we hardened our hearts and prided ourselves in our own strength. You see, Israel is an exemplive issue. It's kind of like everything that happens in that tiny nation is magnified so that we other nations can see how God deals, how he acts, how he rewards. It's only a small nation, but it acts as a kind of trumpet call for the rest of the nations. 
how God dealt with them, ultimately he will deal with our nations. So it's good for us to study it. The third issue about Israel is the fact that it is a root issue. Uh, the scripture shows us that really we should honor our roots and therefore we should honor Israel. You see, it is right and proper that we honor our elders. It was the Jewish nation that brought us the law, the prophets and the Lord Jesus himself, the Bible and indeed all of the church apostles. They laid down their lives that we should live and we must do the same for them that they might live. As Paul writes in Romans 11:18. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Therefore, we want to and should pray for them and find ways to honor them and minister to them in love. See, Gentiles over the years have dishonored Israel, but this end time church is now learning the need to honor Israel, pray for Israel, and do everything we can to show our love and respect towards them. Now, fourthly, Israel is a prophetic issue. It's a barometer. What happens with Israel shows us where we are in the timings of God for the end of days. This is what Ezekiel said in chapter 36, or the Lord said through Ezekiel, Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my own name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I'm hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, gather you out of all the countries, and bring you into your own land. Now firstly, Ezekiel prophesies in the end times that the Jewish people who have been scattered abroad will be gathered again from the other nations. Now three million Jews have returned to Israel since it became a nation state. And it's important to notice that this ingathering is not because of the holiness of Israel, but because of the Lord's namesake. He said it, I'd do it to honor my own name. The second thing is that the Lord will gather Israel so that the other nations shall know that he is God, that he is the Lord. And so it's tragic that the United Nations close their eyes to this reality. It is a testimony to them, the very fact that Israel has become a nation state and that so many Jewish people have returned to that land. So listen again to what Ezekiel says, and the first word here is key. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 28. You see, the point is this. After the Jewish people are back in the land, in the land of Israel, 
then the Lord will begin to save them. And this is beginning to happen with now more than 15,000, perhaps 20,000 Messianic believers now living in Israel and dozens of new congregations. Many of these are Russian Jews, as prophesied as well in the scripture. And in Ezekiel 16, behold, I will bring them from the north country. I will gather them from the ends of the earth. Even back in 1864, Charles Spurgeon, the famous English preacher, said this, First, there is to be a political restoration of the Jews. Israel is now blotted out from the map of nations. Her sons are scattered far and wide. Her daughters mourn beside all the rivers of the earth. Her sacred son is hushed. No king reigns in Jerusalem. She bringeth forth no governors among her tribes. But she is to be restored as one from the dead. That was the famous Charles Spurgeon speaking literally a hundred years or so before Israel was reinstated as a nation. And indeed, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 11:16 that the Jewish awakening will be like life from the dead. You see, we're at the beginning of this now. We are also at a time where the Gentile nations that have never had a move of God before are experiencing them. Paul states in Romans 11, 25 and 26 that after the fullness of the time of the Gentiles has come, then Israel shall be saved. And this is what he wrote, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion. Boy, so many nations are like that. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. See, in China, there are thousands being saved day by day. In the Philippines, and Thailand, and Singapore, and Hong Kong, there are huge moves of God, as is there here in, in South America and Africa. Even Muslim nations are now beginning to experience mass conversions. The largest Muslim nation of Indonesia, with over 240 million people, has now got numerous megachurches with tens of thousands of believers. Hallelujah. And closer to Israel, there's a church in Cairo that I was hearing of that has sprung up to more than 15,000 believers since the unrest there a few years ago. Reports are coming out of Syria, of an unpublicized but strong move of God. All over the Middle East, Muslims are having visions of a man dressed in white who reveals himself as Issa, or Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of the living God. You see, the fullness of the times of the Gentiles is almost upon us, and then Israel shall be saved. The clock is ticking, and now we're entering into the last hour. So the big question really is, how should we respond to these recent happenings in Israel. Friends, we must shake ourselves awake from slumber. God is sending us many signs that time is short and giving us direction on what to do. We must become active, not passive in this issue. We need to defend Israel. Uh, we need to show actually that God's hand is upon them and that that land belongs to them. It's not enough to remain neutral on the issue. You're either for it or against it. So we must also avoid the extremes of what's called replacement theology on the one hand and dual covenant theology on the other. 
Uh, what am I saying by saying that? You see, if Nicodemus needed to be saved, uh, and, and he was a leader of Israel, then so too to all Jews. Nicodemus was a leader of a synagogue, a religious man, okay? Peter said in Acts chapter 2 and 36, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So we do need to share the gospel, the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ to the Jews. And therefore, as a church, we must help the Jews return to and dwell safely in Jerusalem and in the land of Israel, uh, but also help them to return to and dwell safely in the new Jerusalem. You see, there's a physical help we can, we can offer, okay? But there's also spiritual help that we must offer. We must stand on their side and defend them right now from all military attacks uh, and from this way that all the, or many of the surrounding nations want to destroy Israel. Uh, we must defend them. We must stand up for them politically. The United Nations try and uh, work something against them. We need to defend the land of Israel. But also on the spiritual side, we must remember that these uh, people also desperately need to hear the good news of the gospel, the grace and the goodness of God. Uh, God bless you. interested to know what the Bible says about the future of Israel, let me know through your questions and comments to this video. Many things are yet to be played out there. And just as past prophecies have already come true, so will the future ones. And I can share these things in a future broadcast. So please remember to like this video and subscribe to the channel. Also hit the no notifications bell to get informed when one of our videos is next posted. God bless you.